You've tuned in to TrueCR's new program, Behind Closed Doors. Please listen to our disclaimer. This program explores all topics relating to sex work. The show is hosted by several sex worker peer hosts, and we pride ourselves on facilitating a comfortable space for sex workers to share their experiences. Behind Closed Doors aims to uncover what the sex industry is really like. We value the varied opinions and experiences of sex workers, and we also appreciate questions and curiosities from the general public. Our program, Behind Closed Doors, exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful that the nature of this program may not be for you and is not suited for little ease. There is also possibility of explicit language used. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex worker radio show on 3CR 855 AM and digital. I'm your host for today, Dean Lim, and what a week we've had for sex work decriminalisation in Australia. In the studio, we have two very special guests, member of the Northern Metropolitan Region, Fiona Patton, and Lisa Dallamore from Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. Thanks, Fiona and Lisa, for coming in to Behind Closed Doors. Thanks for having us. Very welcome. The Victorian government recently announced a sex work inquiry. Fiona, seeing as you're going to be running this inquiry, my questions to you are about the details of the process rather than your views on the issue itself. And Lisa, we will chat about your group, Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. Fiona, the government has announced a sex work inquiry to commence in 2020. What is the inquiry about and what will it do? Thanks, Dean. The inquiry has got the objective of establishing a model of decriminalisation for sex work in Victoria. I know it says it starts in 2020, but we're getting onto it now. We will be inquiring into all aspects of sex work. We'll certainly be looking at the legislation, but we'll be looking at what the industry looks like today and what we want the industry to look like tomorrow. So we will be looking at health and safety. We will be looking at issues of, of stigma and discrimination. We will be looking at the various various ways that people do sex work. We'll be talking to other organisations that have an interest in this, whether that's local government, whether that's health. Most importantly, we will be speaking to sex workers and people from the industry. That sounds great. I can't wait. Well, I'm sure this show will actually play a really important role in it, or I hope it does. It certainly will. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> Lisa, can you talk to us a bit about your group, Sex Work Law Reform Victoria? Yes, we're a group of volunteer sex workers, a not-for-profit group lobbying for decriminalisation of sex work in this state. Over the last week, so much has happened regarding mm. the decriminalisation of sex work in Australia. For instance, the Northern Territory decriminalised sex work, Queensland introduced their own inquiry, the momentum is certainly building for the decriminalisation of sex work. It's fair to say sex workers are impatient for change and we might wonder why Victoria hasn't decriminalised sex work immediately. Mm. Fiona, can you explain to our listeners why an inquiry is the next step to the path for decriminalisation? What's been really wonderful about this process is that we've actually tried to depoliticise it, which is a very difficult thing for politicians to do, rather than having a parliamentary inquiry, which could buy into the politics... We're having a separate inquiry, which, as you've said, I'm heading. And I think for, for Victoria in particular, because we established our laws in 1985, and frankly, I mean, back then it was progressive legislation, so now we're going to have to unpack that legislation and look at how we decouple ourselves from the current 
very restrictive laws to a to a decriminalisation model. I look at New South Wales and I think, well, there was no laws, and then we removed the Disorderly Houses Act and had in, introduced a decriminalised system. We're here. We've got the Sex Work Act, and we're going to have to repeal that act and introduce a a model of decriminalisation. So I'm very pleased we actually are having an inquiry because I hope that it takes Victoria back to the forefront so we can again be world leaders in best practice for the regulation of sex work in our community. That's a really good point. And Victoria is seen as such a progressive state in all of Australia, so we should be leading the way in all of this. Yeah, and I think that's right, and I think Lisa would, would say this as well. I mean, we were leaders... And it's really hard that when you're first out of the blocks, you are pioneers and you don't always get it right. And then people who follow improve on what you've done. But yes, so Victoria could be a leader again and I think it will be. And I think the inquiry, I've no doubt, will bring out some interesting ideas and I would hope that, yeah, it'll be a very creative process. And the Victorian government asked you, Fiona, to head the inquiry. Why do you think they asked you and why did you accept their invitation? I think they asked me because I'm really annoying. (laughs) Um, And I've been, I mean, obviously I have been advocating for decriminalisation of sex work in Victoria since I was elected. In fact, since I formed the the Sex Party and, and then Reason. So we've been advocating for this for the government to look at how they could do this without it turning into a political bun fight, which a parliamentary committee could have resulted in, they, yeah, they kind of went, well, she knows a bit about this. Why don't we just ask her to do it? I have great difficulty in saying no to anything. So <laughs> this is the, I think this is the fourth or the fifth project, parliamentary project that I'm now working on, apart from my regular work. So how did the inquiry come about? Was it because of, you know, lobbying or, or you know, it, press, it, media, look, social it, media? What, what it happened? It was certainly the lobbying of sex workers. It was the lobbying of the industry. It was the lobbying of myself and, and other politicians. In most jurisdictions, we've seen sex work move into kind of the health area. So we've seen it as something that is really a health and safety issue and it shouldn't be much more than that. Where in Victoria it stayed largely in consumer affairs. All this year we've been trying to work out how we can move sex work out of consumer affairs and have it been seen differently. And if we did that, then we could have had the review. Now this has been the decision. Let's have this review. Let's work out what the issues are and consider as everything that we can in particular, as I will keep saying, in particular, what sex workers want. That will certainly be one of the main focuses of this inquiry. When was the last inquiry? There was a small inquiry in about 2000. There was a larger inquiry in 1994 under Attorney General Jan Wade. And that inquiry was really, they actually wanted to kind of capture tabletop dancing and move that into the realm of the then-called Prostitution Act. So we haven't seen any proper, really, roots and branches uh, review of our legislation and of our practices for well over 20 years. Well, not since 1985, when the Martin Eves well, review was carried out. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that was that was the last that considerable was, rep- yes. report. Gosh, 1985, that's a, a good, year, good year for music, good year for fashion. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> but, not, but, yeah, but we need to yeah, move on from 1985. 
Definitely. Hard okay. as it may be. Yes. <laughs> Lisa, what was sex work law reform Victoria's role in helping make this inquiry become a reality? As Fiona said, that you know, mm. a lot of people lobbied, a lot of groups lobbied. What was sex work law reform That's Victoria's exactly role? That's exactly what we've been doing, leaning very heavily on certain politicians, yep. one who isn't too far away at the moment. <laughs> we've been meeting people from all sides of politics, main parties, cross benches, back benches. We've been raising awareness all over the government, trying to impress upon people the need for change. It's and was this critical. process over a few months, weeks, years? We've spent most of the last year Ooh, lobbying, right. lobbying consistently. And it's been a really effective campaign and really, you know, I've, I've been a sex industry lobbyist for most of my working life and seeing, seeing you, you, Lisa, and, and the team in action, it's been very effective, it's been very targeted. They've really managed to speak to each of the individuals and they've tailored their message to each of the members of parliament and it certainly has raised the issues. I, and certainly, you know, in the corridors, in the cafes at Parliament, where, you know, people We've have... been lurking. You've yes. been lurking. And, and people have, Yeah, and people have been coming up and speaking to me about it and saying, I, I had no idea. Felt that we were at a tipping point, certainly, and the ALP went to the last election with the policy to decriminalise sex work. So that, that's given it some oomph and it's, been, it's provided this great catalyst. Fiona, why is it important for Victoria to have an inquiry now? It's actually probably long overdue. Not only is the current legislation obsolete, it's certainly not fit for purpose and it's actually putting people at risk. So it's putting people at risk because they're having to work under unsafe conditions. The system has people sort of operating not necessarily safely within legislation, which makes them fearful about reporting violence or reporting crimes. The industry has changed such a lot since 1985. The world has changed. The way we work has changed. We have the gig economy. We have the internet. We work in very different ways. That has not been reflected in the legislation. And I think 10 years ago would have been a better time to have this review. However, we're having it now. I think there's also been this public perception around some of the pop-up massage parlours that we're, we're seeing. And that has raised concern in the community and also amongst politicians. And that, I think, also was part of that tipping point of bringing the issues to the fore and people finally recognising that we needed to do something. Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. Labor's platform was to have the Victorian Law Reform Commission look at decriminalisation mm. of sex work. The government announced an inquiry which is separate from the Victorian Law Reform Commission. Why is that, Fiona? Firstly, we were lobbying them not to use the Victorian Law Reform Commission. As good as the VLRC is, and I have great admiration for their work, their dance card is full. They have got two or three inquiries. So in my estimates, they wouldn't have really got onto this until 2020, 2021. That would have meant that we wouldn't have seen their report till around 2022. And then we would have been in an election year. I was sceptical that the government would decriminalise sex work in an election year. So it was the timing. So I really tried to campaign that we did something, something different and something quicker. And in terms of what the inquiry will cover and what types of sex work the inquiry will look at, 
as you were saying before, you hope that you know a diverse range of people from mm. the sex work community can come in. Will it be as diverse as we can hope for? I really hope so. And I'm chair of another committee, and we've been doing a lot of different work. And one of the most important voices is the voice of lived experience, in this case of the worker. We'll be wanting to speak to people who've got experience in street-based sex work, who've got experience in escort work, who've got experience in all levels of sex work and all areas. We'll want the voices of all of them. But also, we, you know, for this to work, you need the buy-in of local governments. So you've got to speak to them as well. And so you've, we've got to create a system that I would hope has largely consensus amongst all of the stakeholders. Mm. But most importantly, the stakeholders are the people in the industry. That's right. It's got to be as many diverse voices, mm. even though some of the voices within the community might be opposing. I think it's great that this inquiry will allow such a space where people can be heard. That's exactly right. I think it's also, when you look at the current legislation, we've got brothels who've been operating under that legislation for you know, 30, 40 years. And so I've spoken to some brothel operators and they're, they're nervous, obviously, about what these changes will mean to their business and what these changes will mean to the way they work, what it will mean to the future of, of their livelihoods. So I think it is very important that all levels of the industry are consulted and we work to find a solution that does work for everyone you know, and I think this inquiry will do that. It's going to be very broad-reaching. We're going to have the support of the department, so we will have some resources to do research. Wh- to... Which department do you mean? So it will be still working out of the Consumer Affairs Department. I can't preempt what the inquiry will do, and I and generally, if I do preempt what an inquiry will do, I'll get it wrong, because <laughs> what you think is going to happen at the beginning is never where you. It's it's oh, rarely okay. where you land, which is wonderful because. It means that we will go down this path and the journey may take us in all sorts of of different different new and exciting directions. So in other words, anyone can make a submission? Yes, I would suggest if anyone is interested at this initial time is actually just email my office and we'll start coordinating that and we'll start getting people in. We'll probably start creating a list and a contact list. So if people are interested in speaking to the inquiry or making submissions yeah, at this stage, just send me a quick email say, telling me you're interested. You're listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. The only way that we can have a safe world is understanding each other in our difference, limiting the economic disparities between peoples of the world and not saying that some people deserve dignity and respect and others don't. They're the pathways to safety and security and we need to have the courage to say we have to continue to have those complex dialogues about how we move forward so that the values of diversity and inclusivity are in everybody's hearts and maybe even the hearts of politicians. 3CR celebrating diversity since 1976, 855 on your AM dial. Lisa, your story was recently featured in an Age newspaper article. 
How important do you believe it is for the voices and stories of a diverse range of sex workers to be heard by those in power? It's critical. There were quite a few stories from sex workers in that um, article, which was extensive. And the thing is, we are always challenging stereotypes. People don't or they're beginning to understand now, I think, that sex workers are such an incredibly diverse population and that everyone works in different ways and there are just so many different stories and experiences and, as Fiona said Mm. before, lived experiences is the critical informing factor. So just to preface it, what was your article about? The article was about how the laws are preventing sex workers accessing safety mechanisms Preventing sex workers going to the police. That was the thrust of the article, that sex workers are currently unsafe. I noticed the photo of you in The Age featured your glasses with a very clear reflection. Who was reflected in your sunglasses and will they be an important stakeholder in the inquiry? To answer the second question, yes. And look, it was a bit cheeky of us. We were That photograph was taken on the steps of Parliament and there were two police officers there and... The photographer and I sort of had a conversation about wouldn't it be fun if we could get them in the photo, but we knew better than to ask them. So I basically just positioned myself so they were reflected. You you took artistic licence. We took artistic licence with the the back of two of Victoria's offices. Your group Sex Work Law Reform Victoria has written about banks and financial discrimination. Mm. Would this issue also be covered in the inquiry? Well, we'd hope so. Yes, and... Certainly, we would be looking at changes to the Discrimination Act. We've been pushing for changes to the Discrimination Act for the last five years and so that it would be an offence to discriminate against someone on the grounds of their trade or calling and that would capture the types of discrimination that we are experiencing from the NAB but also Westpac, which you know allowed 23 million transactions, including oh, transactions shocking. by paedophiles, yet refuses to allow FPOS facilities for escort agencies. And it's appalling. The hypocrisy of it all. Oh, it's staggering, yeah, isn't it? Staggering. Mm. Lisa, have you ever faced discrimination as a sex worker? Not personally, but I've heard stories from other sex workers who have. Can you tell us about Victoria's anti-discrimination laws and the protection they afford sex workers? I can tell you that they offer no protection whatsoever (laughs) to sex workers and that they need to be altered. Sex workers will be what we call a protected occupant. Mm. That occupation, trade or calling becomes a protected attribute under the anti-discrimination laws. Mm. It sounds like there's a lot of fine-tuning to be done. I think also, on top of that, it will be about addressing some of the stigma. Yes. You know, I mean... As someone who has lived experience, I know that double life that we often yeah. have to play. Yeah. So the work is fine, the work is can be fun, the work can be really rewarding, but you can't tell anyone. And so you're finding that you're having to live a double life. You're not saying what you're really doing to your children's school teacher or even to your family. And that stigma really, it can be debilitating for some. It's a burden, isn't it? Because you... Most people get to whine about their jobs at the end of the day over a glass of wine with, you know, friends or partners or family or over coffees. And you can't always do that if you're doing sex work. And it actually, having to carry so much about around with you can be really exhausting. Yes, it is. We all need to debrief whatever Mm. we're doing. We Mm. all need to be able to Mm. debrief. Yeah, and it's so good for your mental health to debrief. That's right. Yes. Once you have to not tell the truth or not feel safe enough to tell the truth, then 
you know, sometimes that takes you down some terrible spirals. You mm. can be very lonely and it, you can lose friends and family as a result, and I, a number of people who have. And especially if you're working privately, you might not necessarily ever get to meet other sex workers mm. in the course of your work. Mm. It's really, it can be incredibly isolating. And it's important now that people get to just talk about it more freely. It's one of yep. the things I think that is slowly beginning to change. And law reform is a critical component of culture change. Yeah, and it'll be really fascinating to see what develops and what stories arise That's from, right. you know, the next 12 months. You know, and I think we've always talked about this. I mean, sex work is just that. It's, it's work. work. Yes. Um, it's not some sort of... Uh, no mystery. You know, kinky, <laughs> taboo, or it's, you know, it's work and it's yeah. a service and, you know, sex is pretty much fundamental to most of our lives and so not surprising we have an industry around it. Mm, exactly. Speaking of what's happening over the next 12 months, how long will the inquiry actually take and when will it conclude? The government has asked me to report by August 2020 and their intention is to introduce legislation in early 2021. Oh, so goodness. we will be working quite quickly on these. But I think everyone's ready. Yes. You know, I think we're yes. all... You know, it's overdue and we are all ready to do this and ready to achieve a really good outcome from this. And I don't know whether the minister got caught up in all of the excitement, but she said that we would adopt all the recommendations. <laughs> OK, so which, which minister are you talking about? Uh, the Consumer Affairs Minister, Marlene Cruz. Is that right? That OK, news, we've got on record. It. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. She will be held to that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so I think she was actually filmed saying it. So. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lisa, do you have concerns about how the inquiry will be conducted? Well, not after hearing what Fiona said. I mean, the fact is that it's critical that the voices of sex workers are there right from the beginning, mm. right from the get-go. It's obvious that that will be part of the process, a vital part of the process. That is our major concern, that sex workers are part of it from the very beginning. What are you hoping the inquiry will achieve? that it will recommend the full decriminalisation of sex work in Victoria and that that will happen. It sounds like it's literally going to happen really fast from what Fanny was saying. When do you think we could actually have decriminalisation in 2021? Yes, I would say that if we get legislation in early 2021, uh, we would see that being enacted by mid-21. Government has said we are going to decriminalise sex work. So that to me, that's that's such a giant mm. step forward that we already know that that's, that's mm. what we're going to do. Now we have to debate and decide and investigate what that model will look like for Victoria because it won't be New South Wales, it won't be New Zealand, it won't be the Northern Territory. It will be something that is specific and unique to the needs of our industry and our community in Victoria. And with the inquiry... Inquiries have what's called terms of reference. Yes. Have they been published yet? Look, they have. If people were to Google review into decriminalisation of sex work, I will also make a point of putting this up on my website. They've got terms of reference and there's seven terms of reference of what we're to consider. That's workplace safety, regulatory requirements for operators of commercial businesses, enforcement powers around criminal activity the use of coercion, explo exploitation, local amenity, the promotion of public health, uh, the safety and well-being of sex workers, 
I'll put them all up on my website. I think it's very well-rounded. I was fortunate enough to have some role in developing the terms of reference, so hopefully we didn't miss anything. All right, so there was a peer voice involved <laughs> in was. developing the <laughs> terms of reference. No, I, and I was very pleased that they were so cooperative in doing this and in talking to me about what I thought was important. And, and so hopefully I didn't miss anything out. They are broad enough that we can really... You know, we can go wide on what we think is required. So we have the inquiry. You submit your findings uh, in August 2020. The government have a look at it. But who actually decides? Is it the department, uh, Marlene Cruz's Department of uh, Consumer Affairs? In theory and hopefully in practice, the review, we will deliver a report and it will have a series of recommendations in it. And one of those recommendations may well be a draft legislative outline. It may well be, I I don't know yet. And then really it's up to the government, so it's up to the Minister and the Premier will involve the Attorney General and the Health Minister, so Cabinet will look at what they want and then the Department will act on that. The Department obviously will be involved and will be providing advice, but it may not be the Consumer Affairs Department. You know, it may be, I'm really, I'm completely speculating but it might be that the report says that this should sit within health or mm. this should sit within AGs or, yeah. you know, sit within local government. I'm not sure. So there's room for a lot of change in a lot of different areas. There most certainly is, yeah, mm. which, I th- which is really mm. exciting. And I, sure is. You know, and I, having been on the um, voluntary assisted dying inquiry and, and sort of initiating that, seeing what you can do in those sort of, in that kind of blue sky type of inquiry you really it you really do come back changed and and hopefully we'll come back with something remarkable well you used the word creative before I know which is <laughs> which is really encouraging to hear you yeah. know when we're not bound by really rigidly defined parameters yep. it's yeah sky's the limit that, that blue sky's yeah. the limit look I'm always an optimist so I, you know I do sort of take that way but when you've got a government saying we will decriminalize sex work what will it look like you know, that, that's a pretty great mm. place to be starting. It's like Isn't the question, it, what would you like for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> and look, we got it. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, so that's how can great. people be kept up to date as the inquiry progresses? Will there be, you know, websites or subscriptions that, that you're aware of? Look, that we'll be discussing some of those initial things with the team. Those sorts of communication tools will be rolled out early next year again if people just want to get onto my website and even just just sign up for the newsletter I can tell you that we'll be doing regular updates on this or again just drop me an email and say I'm interested in this and we'll start collating a list so we can keep people informed of what's happening. We're going to do the same thing, of course. So Sex Work Law Reform Victoria, our website, sign up to the newsletter, follow us on Twitter, which is at SWLRV. The website is sexworklawreformvictoria.org.au. We will be also regularly updating and closely following yeah. every tiny little move, <laughs> keeping our community informed. Brilliant. And Fiona... When you say your website, what's oh, the website details? Uh, fionapattern.com.au. Perfect. Nice and easy. Yes. 
You've been listening to Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex worker radio show, and we've been chatting about the Victorian sex work inquiry to occur in 2020 with our very special guests, Fiona Patton, member of Northern Metropolitan Region, and Lisa Dallimore, spokesperson from Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. Thank you so much for such an informative chat. Thank you. Very welcome. Stay tuned to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital, where we will be closely observing the state of affairs over the next 12 months. Breathe in and out. You're listening to 3CR. Join us next Thursday, 6pm, for our final episode of the year before we have summer programming, which means we will have repeat episodes over the summer break. Next up is the radioactive show. Here is Amarasu with The Flowers. Hi, I'm Fiona Passion, and you're listening to the very alluring Behind Closed Doors on 3CR Community Radio. Sometimes when I find a feel, I start to lose myself. Don't forget I never saw.